Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Swingy Pete's Game. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker. And Parker, you just watched one of the greatest shows of either one of our childhoods because you got three games wrong last weekend. Yeah. So, like, we had the Eagles in a complete upset here, which means I had to watch uh, an episode of a TV show and fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. But also, my Patriots somehow snatched victory from the jaws of defeat in a comeback upset for the ages over the Tennessee Titans. And then we had the Vikings on a last-minute score against the Saints. I'm sure that would just broke your heart. And then my Jaguars over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I went to see a movie instead of watching that game. So you had to watch three episodes nice. of uh, our beloved childhood classic, Hi Hi Puffy Yami Yumi. Tell me how that was. Chris, imagine my surprise when I load I load up the Wikipedia page as one does to get everything you know. Yep. Get everything ready, and then I noticed it said one A, one B, one C, two A, two B, two C. The horror <laughs> in my face as I realized that I wasn't just watching three episodes. Each episode was made up of three six-minute chunks. Here's the formula for said chunks. <laughs> so, remember, by the way, just these grating, awful, high-pitched voices. It's loud. It looks like garbage. So we start, usually with them in, like finishing a concert. Like, oh, wow, great show. Yeah, haha, I love guitar. And then, insert thing happens. Then we have a three-minute musical montage of said thing happening over and over and over again. And then it concludes. And they go, ha, yeah! And then there's a sick guitar riff. And then we do it again. And then we do it again, Chris. And then we do it again. So, do you want to, like, buy, like, a CD of Puffy? Oh, I want to do a lot of things, Chris. <laughs> Most of them uh, end with me going out this third-story window. <laughs> so, I would it be unfair to classify you as a fan of the show? Uh, Die Hard. Diehard fan. Now, what about that little bald guy they always travel around with? What's his story? Oh! I don't... The only thing that I really thought was, I really hope this voice actor is actually an Asian guy. <laughs> or else this is the most racist thing I've ever heard in my life. So let me tell you my experience with episode one. Yes. Let me see you this. So first of all, here's the first segment. The little bald Asian man mm -hmm. holds a contest for... Ami and Yumi's fans. By the way, still don't know which one's which. I will go to my grave not knowing which is which. And there's nothing you can do about that. I have no idea either. And a little girl's chosen as a winner. But guess what? She's an obsessed fan, one might say. Oh. So here's what happens. First of all, they have a live action intro with the two actual people speaking. Horrific broken English. Oh, no. And then the cartoon starts. They look nothing like them. They sound nothing like them. But whatever. <laughs> So it's their number one fan, but she knows all these personal details about him. She sneaks on the bus. I thought she was going to hobble the old <laughs> ancient Chinese <laughs> secret racist man. Then we get a montage of them doing something, her appearing and saying, I'm your number one fan. They do something. I'm your number one fan. This goes on for a couple minutes. <laughs> then near the end of the episode, old racist Asian man is singing. The girl goes, oh, wow, your voice is so great. I'm your number one fan. She chases him out of the bus. 
I mean, you may go, wow, I miss you. You're our number one fan. Segment over. I... That's the entire thing. If you could see my face right now. <laughs> if you could see my face. <laughs> okay. Segment two of three of episode one. Here's the plot. One of them, I think it's the pink hair one. I <laughs> kind of think it's got blurry. She's eating cereal. Because they're having a midnight snack, you see. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but when I'm living on the tour bus, once the clock strikes 12, I have to get some cereal. Yeah. And it comes with prizes. She has all but one. And she really wants that last one. That's the plot. You you watch this? That's the plot, Chris. <laughs> so you really watch this? She's obsessed this, huh? over it. She like fights a girl over it. Doesn't get it. Eventually, she has it. She's like, "Oh wait, you traded your favorite guitar to pawn shop. You traded your guitar for a cereal prize." And then everything is fine. Like, "How oh, we're best friends." And then she goes to eat some cereal, and there's new prizes. Uh oh. That's the segment. That's it. Oh, that's how it is. Oh, that she had them all, but now there's more. Isn't that funny? That's that. That's it's going to happen again. Hopefully, that isn't segment three. <laughs> segment three. Purple hair does a career test, as one does, and it turns out she's best suited to be a ninja. Isn't that funny, Chris? Oh yeah, because she's goth. So a ninja monkey. Gives her ninja training. This show is right up your alley. <laughs> it's, yeah. It sure is. That might be the meanest right thing up, I've ever said to you. <laughs> right up the alley into the garage where I let the sweet carbon monoxide take me. <laughs> oh, God. So there's a ninja montage set to, is it J-pop? Are they Japanese? I don't oh, is know. There, is I'm there a song in this out. episode? Are there ever not, Chris? <laughs> there's songs... Every episode, in every goddamn second, I told you, it is literally when Stan's parents try and watch Chin Pokemon. It is loud, it looks like shit, and it never stops. They never stop talking. If they're not talking, there's some shit-ass song playing. Oh, that's that's a shame. But let me push on, Chris. Because she, she completes her training and she becomes a ninja. But she keeps overstepping her boundaries and ninja attacking people. So the only way for being Karen McGillicuddy to stop her is to also become a ninja. So they she completes her training and they go to have a showdown. And then Purple Hair unmasks her. She's like, hey, you're my friend. I can't fight you. And then it's over. It seems like... That's you... how it, I'm not doing this oh, anymore. Wait, what about episode two? That is where I stopped. No, there's no episode two. But the three games... And the... I don't... Fucking care. Huh. I you did it. You started with the Olaf's magical adventure. <laughs> you piled on. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Sonic Underground and Chili Dogs. <laughs> More I'm probably forgetting because I've blocked it out like a horrible abuse. And you did it. You found my weakness. You found my kryptonite. Oh, there was something you I found... assigned to you that really wasn't all that bad, I think. Oh, you mean Sailor Moon or just actually I guess it was good? Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah, Sailor Moon. You can console yourself with that. <laughs> you did it. You found the thing that 
Where I tapped out, I said no more. Well, uh, I, <laughs> I'm shocked I got that one. Uh, we'll, we'll get to your next punishment later on. Uh, who would have guessed that Mike Malarkey couldn't outcoach Bill Belichick? <laughs> and I would have to watch these two fucking idiots. God, so even the voice acting it. wasn't any good? I'm teasing. So, speaking of bad voice acting... It wasn't, Chris. It wasn't. <laughs> I, I, I watched... Uh, the third episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. So, Grandpa is in Hell. I mean, it's Shadow Realm. <laughs> and all because of a videotape where Maximilian Pegasus yes, stopped yes. time to win yes. a children's card game against a boy who transformed into a young adult with the Millennium Puzzle. Man, I really got the raw deal of this. <sighs> And, that immediately sounds better than anything and, I've watched. And then, anyway, they're still going to school and stuff. They haven't called the police. They haven't called anyone. They're just like, huh, you know. So, oh, gee, you know what? I watched it literally seconds ago. I, I, I really did. Like, y- you were calling me. I was just like, okay, final episode here. Okay, fine. Ready to go. You know? I, I thought it'd be all right. But I already forgot. Like, there's a there's a glove with stars on them, but they don't have... They have to split up the star points or something like that. You need star chips, star chips to advance into my kingdom, Daddy. Yeah, but th- th- each person's assigned two, but one of them, they're like, oh, let's put them up. You get one and you get one, and you'll have less... It, you could take advantage of someone if they only have one. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It, I, I'm, I feel like I'm really dumb or something. I always thought I was like kind of... I thought I was kind of bright. I got all A's in school. And then this show comes along. It just changes everything on me. He's been outfoxed by the king of games himself. Well, speaking of small animals. I knew it would come like this. Speaking of small animals, we have Weevil Underwood. Uh, <laughs> you weren't kidding. Do he it. really does that voice throughout the entire season, Do doesn't it. he? I thought that was just Do like... It. Well, it's time for me to take on Yugi with his dinosaur cards. And he really just does it for the entire show. And people were just like, yeah, that's a good enough voice. No, we don't need a take two. Just, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then Rex is basically doing the same we, thing. How do we tell these kids that he's a bad guy? Uh, <laughs> you could just draw him that way. You know, what's, you know what? He's not even the worst voice actor. He really isn't. Because at least he's <laughs> trying. He's trying in the wrong direction, but he's at least trying. You know who's the worst one is actually T. Taya. She, she doesn't have a personality. She she has like Her. no personality whatsoever. At least Tristan's personality is big galoot, you know. The entire time it's just like, yeah, we're here to help you, and he's not even like, that. hey, you, we got our support. You know, that's one of the things that John Crickfalusi. You know who John Crickfalusi is? They call him John K. He came up with like Ren and Stimpy and shit. Uh, one of the things that he used to say was he didn't like cartoon voices where. They were, it's like the stereotype of how someone stupid would sound. It's like that dumb dog in like a lunatic. It's like, which way did he go? Which way did he go? <laughs> like, that's basically what Tristan's doing. Like, at least Joey, who, as far as I can, or it was Joey, Johnny? Joey. Uh, the, the thing that Jeffrey is doing that's so bad is that he's just doing this New York accent, but at least it's not, which way did he go? I'm here to help you, Yogi. Heart of the cards. No, you know, this guy, Gemini, he can't do anything right so I'll, I'll get to this fucking asshole later on so apparently his sister uh appears to him in a videotape and she's gonna go i think blind and oh fuck yeah it's that one. It, she's gonna go blind <laughs> if he doesn't win a children's card game to raise the money you so see good. and he's like oh if i win this card game i can win three million dollars and 
Yugi's like, my grandfather's in hell, Shadow Realm. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, $3 million. You know, maybe I can save my sister's eyes. And he's a lost cause, Yugi. He had a good life. <laughs> well, you know, Yugi, does he have any cards we could possibly raid from a store? And Yugi's just like, who the hell wants to be 80 anyways, Yugi? I will say this. Yugi at no point ever transforms into dark Yugi. But I yes. can't believe I yeah. can't say it out loud without laughing. I'm sorry. It feels so good. Dark. Does it have Yugi. a good mouthfeel? So anyway, ignore the clock. <laughs> anyway, because I, I, I'm not going to stop here. I, I have to keep talking about this. They finally tell you what the Millennium Puzzle is. I was like, oh, okay. It's like a, it's like a Rubik's cube, but really shitty, and it's all the same color. So how could you possibly screw it up? And it's a pyramid. Um, apparently he got it as a gift, and he prayed to the puzzle as one does, for a friend. And I'm immediately reminded of, of that episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, where he's like, I prayed for a friend, and he came. His name is Timmy. And it was like an evil version of himself. Well, instead of this, he's like, yeah, I prayed for a friend. And two childhood Chad bullies come by and steal the puzzle and throw it away. Yugi is now friends with both of these characters. Like the amount of times I was gaming and just prayed for a friend to game with, and they got the shit beat out of me. And I connect with you. As a sense of foreboding, uh, they take one of the pieces of the Millennium Puzzle and throw it away into a river or something that never gets resolved, but we assume that he you know, gets it back later on because he becomes Dark Yugi. Yes. Because he yes. solves a puzzle. Anyway, so they're like, okay, let's enter in this tournament and, you know... Jim is just like, yeah, we're going to enter this tournament, the heart of the cards. Your grandpa taught me. And they get there, and there's this guy with hair that makes even Tristan's look reasonable. It is, like, whatever. I think it's like, what was uh, the thing that we used to do on ETI? Attention duelist, my hair. And it's just like, <laughs> whoop. It's like an exclamation point. It was growing out of his mind. And anyway, they they get onto the ship, and uh, they're walking around. And there's this chick on there with incredible cleavage and you're just like this show's for kids right anyway she gets a room on the boat i don't get i don't remember her name anyway uh so then weevil under <sighs> weevil underwood God, the fucking name. <laughs> it's such a good weevil name. underwood takes <sighs> i hate saying that out loud Weevil the Underwood the takes tech. his Exodia his cards, right. which, by right, I don't even know why Yugi has those. Those belong in a museum. They're the most powerful cards in existence in this game, where no one in the world does not play Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> so, they, they keep talking, oh, there's that kid with silver hair from our school. I wonder what he's doing here. So the fuck do I, because he doesn't have any lines, he doesn't do anything besides look over a railing and then go back inside. There's, there's no point for him to be in this episode. Why introduce this character if he's not going to say or do anything? He doesn't even look at the camera. He just see the side of his head. Who cares? It's oh. like, oh, he's from our school. How do you know he's from our school? Because he plays fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. Everyone in our school just, plays Yu-Gi-Oh. Just you wait, buddy. Anyway, so... Anyway, I guess, like, crime syndicates play Yu-Gi-Oh in this. Um... <laughs> now he, just you wait buddy oh anyway so weevil underwood takes the cards and throws them over the rail he's like i've been looking for a way to beat these cards i found one way just strip tosses them into the ocean <laughs> i gotta tell you i great move i mean what are you gonna do no rules on the ship right so johnny jumps into the river not the river the ocean i don't care and He's like, I, I gotta save the cards. And Yugi says, look, it's not worth drowning over. They're just cards. And I dead ass expected Joey to say, 
<laughs> no, these aren't just cards. They're Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And he doesn't actually say that. But he gets, what, two of the three? Three of the five? I don't I don't know. And uh, Yugi jumps in to save him. And then T and Tristan save them. And I think it... I actually think it just kind of ends there. I will say this is so far the best of the episodes. Uh, high standards so far. Uh, the reason that's the best is that it was kind of sweet hearing Yugi say to was like, you know what? I'd rather give up my star chips so that I could be <laughs> with my friend. Oh, yikes. It's weird, though. I didn't feel any sympathy for his soon-to-be-blind sister. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, this, this show, uh, this show's getting kind of hard for me to watch. Buddy, you only have, like, a hundred episodes left, so keep your chin up. We're gonna make it through. Okay. Let's talk about the conference championships game. Now, we should go with the NFC one first. We'll save the AFC one for later. I'm doing something with this. Uh, for the NFC game, I'm taking the Vikings, and I guess we'll be taking the Eagles. Well, I mean, I'll be taking the Saints, because I turned the game off with, like, a minute left, and I'm assuming I didn't miss anything. Well, you're missing the pride of Maryland. The goon himself, Stefan Diggs, put the team on his back, and Marcus Williams just staring at an, at an ant's dick and just decides not to wrap and tackle. Do I feel bad for Marcus Williams? Absolutely not. Keep your head up and wrap up form tackle. That's how we taught you down in, like, what what, what is a Pop Warner. I saw that screenshot of him just crouched down at nothing and digs over the top. I just looked at him like, I feel you, dude. I feel it. And then you there. saw the Photoshop with Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that and also the Photoshop of Prince's ghost blocking him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Football's good again, guys. It only took us all of 2017. But football's good yeah. again. Now, I do think that the Vikings, I, I've said this a million times, I think the Vikings are the best team in the league. Now, you want to wonder, who's the X factor in this game? I gotta think it's Harrison Smith, not just because he's probably the best player in the league at this point, at regardless of position. Yes, even better than Brady. It's it's just that you think about Foles, right? And Foles is definitely not a very good quarterback, so he's going to be trying to target, like, Alshon Jeffrey, and Alshon Jeffrey has matched up very well against Xavier Rhodes in the past, so put Harrison Smith over top of him, or maybe put Harrison Smith on top of the safety, because, I mean, put the safety on top of the tight end, because, you know, Nick Foles is not a great quarterback, he's probably going to look at, he's probably going to look at his tight end at some point or another, uh, I don't know his other wide receivers if they're any good, but I, I think Smith can definitely take him on, I think that he's a guy that you try to move him around, disguise your coverages with him, and that is what would give the Vikings a really big advantage on defense. Yeah, about his other receivers. Like, I don't think Aguilar's great at all. I think he's, like, way better than he was. Yeah. But the thought of him burning Terrence Newman makes my face hurt. <laughs> Terrence Newman in the slot against Aguilar seems like a very, very poor matchup. Newman. Uh, now, what about the Eagles' front four? Oh, my God. It's going to be delicious. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings' offensive line isn't the hot dumpster fire it was last year. Oh, lest we forget. But it ain't But it ain't good. <laughs> Well, you know, can you imagine like Matt Khalil trying to block one of their defensive ends? Uh, that would—that's actually a war crime. Yeah, exactly. Someone would step in from the league and shut the game down. You know, that's the thing is, I really just don't have any sort of confidence uh, in any team stopping that front four. It's just 
you just have to try to mitigate what they're going to do. You have to have like a lot of uh, quick releases. You have to do a lot of shotgun. Just try to do whatever you can to just try to get them all the way upfield and then just go past them. And I don't think Foles has the capability to do it. Did you know that Case Keenum is the second best quarterback under pressure this season? You know who the best one is? It's, isn't it Daddy Phillip Rivers? No, it's actually Tom Brady, and it's like so far ahead that it's like off the charts. Him. According to PFF, I'm, I'm not even bullshitting here. I hate him so much. <laughs> and by hate him, I mean he'll be my quarterback this weekend. <laughs> yeah, so let's move on to the AFC Championship here. Uh... This will be a bit of a shock for some listeners. I am taking the Jaguars in this game. I think the Jaguars are going to beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Now, here's why. Look at the Jaguars' defense and tell me what their weak spot is. I personally do not think that they have one. Some people have said, oh, you know, the safeties. I disagree. I think that's very unkind to the Jacksonville safeties. I think they're incredibly talented. Barack Hussein Church is having one of the best years of his life. Deshaun Gibson, you know, you can really move him around and cover three. Now, that's one of the things Brady does play well against cover three. But you look at the pressure that they generate with Malik Jackson, Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius, Yannick Nagakue. Yannick Nagakue. He is going to be the guy that sounds like a sneeze, but he is going to bully Nate Solder, I guarantee it. I watched a preseason game between these two teams. Solder could not get a hand on Yannick Nagakawe. So, was that my cat meowing? Oh, no, she's just looking at me. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we also got Miles Jack me off. You got Paul Posloads. They're going to double up on fucking Gronkowski. And meanwhile, Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boya against Brandon Cooks and Chris Hogan. Uh-uh, uh-uh, sister. I got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, let me flip the script on you. Do you remember a couple weeks back when young, beautiful, gorgeous, handsome Jimmy G absolutely shredded the Jaguars? Oh, how could I forget? I mean, I know Tom Brady isn't nearly as good as Jimmy. But, you know, he's almost kind of as good. He He's kind of like a shadow of Jimmy G. <laughs> now, how do you feel about Tom hurting his hand? And would the cruelest irony in the world be that they traded Jimmy? <laughs> fucking Brian Hoyer has to start a playoff game in his absence. Now, well, the good news is he's not going against an all-time great defense. Oh. Well, here's how I feel about Tom Brady's hands. And I have uh, two disparate opinions on here. The The first one is that Tom's going to play. It's He's, he's going to play. It's not open to question. Tom will play. The other one is: Do you read? Do you ever read Barstool Sports? Not often. Uh, well, you should. Barstool rules. They have this writer on there named Jerry Thornton. We call him Old Balls. He's the Patriots correspondent. He's a comedian. He's really old. He's he's not bad. And uh, the best part about it is he's always got a, like a funny take on the Patriots, and that's real good. But uh, I was reading an article from. He's also decently well connected with the Patriots. He wrote a book about them for crying out loud. His source. Now, he only has one source. So this is like Jonathan Tamez when he screwed up the Spygate uh, leak and he totally got it wrong, had to apologize. So he's only got one source, so you could take this however you want. But according to his source, who has never been wrong from before, Tom Brady broke his hand in week six and has never told him. What the fuck? Exactly. The sport is so dumb. Now, you go back and you watch the games, it adds up. 
That was a Tampa Bay game. So he lit up Tampa Bay, broke his hand. Then the next game, he had a terrible game. So it all adds up. And it's just been healing. And then someone runs into it in practice, and that's enough for him to get an x-ray on it? I think there's uh, there might be a little bit of truth to that rumor. Now, I'm not going to speculate. Not going to speculate. But I do think that Chewie is going to meet Han Solo in the next Han Solo movie. I mean, I, I think that Tom Brady is going to play despite the pain. Now, everyone's showing that, like, zoomed-in picture. I I don't think that it's uh, really that bad. I think the swelling will go down. And I think a day off from practice is no problem. Just, you know, let the hand heal and everything. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Well, well here's the thing with We're this fine. matchup. So you're picking the Jaguars, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Blake Bortles, as you and I both know, has never lost a playoff game. Tom Brady isn't scared to go out there and lose a playoff game. Sometimes he'll lose on the biggest stage in the world, Chris, and the Jaguars just aren't ready. To put it I got to push like back that. on that one. I I don't I can't recall that Tom Brady ever lost on the biggest stage in the world against a Tom Coughlin team. Yeah, absolutely not. Tom Coughlin has never beat the Patriots when it mattered most. Exactly. You know, the last time the Patriots played Tom Coughlin in a meaningful game was in 1996 when the Patriots were able to make Mark Brunel cry for the first time. <laughs> Very nice pull. <laughs> that was a tough one. I had to go back and watch the footage. I uh, picked him off in the end zone there. I think it was like uh, it was either Ty Law or Otis Smith. By the way, can we just give Sly mention the fact that the Jaguars absolutely dominated the Steelers in all aspects? Yeah, the Steelers had 35 points due to, like, four of the most insane touchdowns I've seen in the last decade. And almost 500 yards. Like, it almost broke me, because the Jaguars would just dominate them, and then they would throw a play on fourth down that, if it happened in Madden, you would fucking break the disc in half and post it on Instagram. (laughs) Like, fuck this game, this trash company, it's fucking bullshit. And it happened four fucking times. My favorite thing is, I went out with Alex, I was gonna be like, oh, let's watch this classic movie called Blow Up, turns out it sucks. And, uh, at the time, I was like, oh, I just wanna see the, you know, the score and stuff. And it was like, Jaguars were up by, like, 24 points. I was like, oh, okay. Good news, another episode of Hi Hi Puffy Amiyumi for Parker. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we get out of the theater, I turn my phone back on, 45 to 42? Are you kidding me? It was so good. So, uh, okay, alright, well, the good news is the Patriots have offensive firepower that's very similar to the Steelers. You know, Chris Hogan is very similar to Antonio Brown, and Brandon Bolden that. is a lot like Le'Veon Bell. Correct. So. Now, the real question is, for the Patriots' defense, how many people will be in the box on every play? <laughs> Are they just going to put 10 on the line and have a free safety and just dare Blake Bortles to throw it 60 times? <laughs> At that point, you got to go with the uh, the old Bill Belichick gamble, uh, and that's where you put 10 men in the box. They're all defensive linemen, except for like your two heaviest linebackers, and your deep safety is Matt Slater. So basically you just do what you do with your playing Madden with your friend. You just run in cage eight and then hope they don't catch on until they're dying. <laughs> That's one of my favorite plays. <laughs> it's so good. I remember back in high school, my friend who didn't know anything about football got Madden and he was just like, I have nothing else to play on my Wii. And there was a play called Bum Rush. <laughs> and he would play it every <laughs> single play. Uh, anyway, you know, I that is one defense because everyone's like, oh, gotta stop Leonard Fournette. You gotta understand now. Leonard Fournette is recovering from an ankle injury, and he's had this ankle injury for much of the season, and it only got aggravated against the Steelers. I think it might limit him. So this could turn into a Chris Ivory game, or even a TJ Yeldon game. 
but you think about this, either one of those players could have a monster day against the Patriots. Last week was the first time this entire season where I saw the Patriots actually stop the run. And of course, they sold out to do it because they just didn't trust uh, Marcus Mariota to complete a pass. And indeed, that was a very good gamble on their part. But I don't know if selling out to stop the run here is going to work because if you get lit up by Blake Bortles, you got to walk home. They actually had the best offensive game plan for Blake Bortles he could possibly have where they would just run Fournette like eight times and then he would just bomb it deep 60 yards downfield. And it was it was a shitty pass like two or three times in a row, but then it was a gorgeous gorgeous catch put him right in the red zone. <laughs> sooner or later, they're gonna sell out and stop the run, and sooner or later, one of those receivers is coming down with it. Now, what hurts me is I watched the Bills against the Jaguars too because I have that kind of time on my hands, and nice. Blake Bortles had more yards rushing than he did passing, eighty eight and eighty seven, but still. So. If he's able to rush for almost 100 yards on us, that's going to be even more embarrassing than oh, if we lose to him. Imagine? Could you imagine, though? And we're missing our fastest player, Jonathan Jones. All the all the stars are coming together, and Bill Belichick and Brady hate each other. <laughs> so I've heard. So there's really just no way that we could possibly win this. Don't try and reverse jinx me. You say that, all. but you're already taking the... You're already taking uh, the Patriots to win this game because that's how our bets work because we kind of stack the deck here. Are the Jags the team of destiny? Are they destined to have all of our dreams ruined as they get curb stomped by 35 in Foxborough? What kills me is everyone said, oh, if the Jaguars win, would this be the greatest upset of all time? It's like, don't rub more salt into my room. I still remember Super Bowl 42 despite my best efforts. Like, I was staring as the Steelers kept making comeback after comeback, thinking, like, not only is this, like, how Big Ben will retire, but this will be such a historic comeback, like, statistically, that we'll hear about it forever. And I was just, like, ready to not watch football anymore. I was so upset. (laughs) Just, like, let us have this one fucking thing without the fucking Steelers finding a way to break history. Well, you know. I hate them. I hate them so much. Now... Just because I'm taking the Jaguars to win, if they do win, that doesn't mean I'm going to be happy. No. If the Patriots lose to the Jaguars, I'm going to be fucking miserable. I'm going to feel fucking terrible. I'm going to feel like, really, it's like, oh, it's just a game, Chris, it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. It's the Jaguars. It's Blake Bortles, and it's Tom fucking Coughlin. I, 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 I can't accept a loss. And you know what, Parker? If I'm going to be miserable... You're going to be miserable too. No. Because if I win Am this I game, already? you're going to be just as sad and upset and defeated as I am. Oh, God. See, with these bets, we sort of have oh, a no. gentleman's agreement, an unspoken pact between us, wherein we won't choose certain things to torture each other with. The, the one already spoken rule is it won't be over like 20 minutes or something like that it's like we're not going to choose something full length because we don't have that kind of time but there are other things that we look each other in the eye as we shake hands we say he wouldn't dare choose that parker if the patriots lose this game i'm no longer a gentleman and i would dare if the patriots lose this game and i win this bet you're watching the first episode of Steven Universe. Okay. Okay. That's fine.
That's fine, actually. I'm actually not even mad. So, I mean, because they're not going to lose because they're the Patriots. Why would they? It's fine that I get to cheer for the Eagles and the Patriots this weekend right before the Super. It's cool. It's fine. No, it's great. It's great. Steven fucking Universe. Yeah, so... If you want your Brent Grimes Patriots jersey, just let me know. <laughs> Fucking damn it. You <laughs> are a monster. Oh, the cruelty. I cannot believe what you've done. <laughs> this is... Okay. <laughs> Parker will not forget this. <laughs> that is... Wow. Okay. No, that's fine. Hey, may the best team win. <laughs> yes. I cannot believe you've done Wait, this. Wait, so what am I going to watch if uh, you win? Yeah, I don't know yet. <laughs> I'll surprise you. You, want me to just you watch blindsided more? me with something so personal. <laughs> Did you want me to watch more Yu-Gi-Oh? Probably. <laughs> but man. We get like eight episodes a game. <laughs> you like carefully crafted something so mean. <laughs> Driving home with a smile on your face and breakfast in your tummy. That's fine. That's fine. It was a really good breakfast too. God, Stephen. I I hope that you don't have to watch it. Same. <laughs> Are the crystal gems will always save the day?